1: hello welcome back to the Villa view where we never keep anything simple we keep trying to push the band even though we've never really got the basics right but here we are we're on the screen I think we're okay Omar can you hear me
0: I can hear you mate don't oh, pretend don't pretend you can't don't
1: pretend you can't hear, it. You can't <laughs> hear it. this is a match preview for Aston Villa against Everton on the on the Villa View sponsored by Betmate we'll come on to them later on in the show but Omar been a long time
0: since you've been on how are you I'm good, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've just been trying to get on the stream, mate. That's what I've been doing the last four weeks, to be honest, since I've been on. Uh That's what it feels like anyway. But we're here. We're here. We're, we're, we're live and we're on. And uh the beautiful green screen's on. It seems to be working. I'm really good, mate. Don't even start there. me on the green screen. Don't you? <laughs> I've,
1: I've been back from London about four or five hours, I reckon. I reckon most of that time has been spent getting the setup right in, in this room. Absolutely. Yeah. Travis. Yeah. Anyone who knows, yeah. me will know I'm not the best at these things at all. Don't know why we're laughing because we weren't laughing last weekend. Although to be fair, we were quite jo- well. I was fairly jovial before the ma- in the match preview for the Bournemouth game. I had high hopes going into the season, and then those high hopes mm. pretty much disintegrated after two minutes when Villa conceded from their first set piece of the season. i but now Gerard v Lampard, Aston Villa v Everton. It's the second game of the season, but it already feels quite pivotal
0: yeah i think i think uh, you know I, I listened to quite a bit of what you've been saying over all the various uh, um appearances oh. you've been making <laughs> uh, Mate, all, every screen villa. i've got going at the moment
1: <laughs> yeah villa, villa being bad has been good for business this week for, for me but i'd prefer villa villa were better and i wasn't getting any business if i'm being perfectly honest
0: yeah, yeah, no, but I think th- I think you you've judged the feeling right of the the fan base. I think I was, um, you know, I'm quickly touching the ball. I won't labour on it at all because I know you guys talked about it, uh, and and I think I think people want to move on from it. But I was surprised with the starting lineup, but I wasn't, uh, you know, re- unhappy with Ming's not starting or anything like that. I wasn't surprised with that. I was, I was surprised with other things. Uh, I was surprised with the performance because, like you, I was quite positive going into it, considering we had a good preseason i was disappointed to see the similar problems that we had last season uh come up again uh, and us try and play a a similar way that hasn't worked last season um and i was disappointed with the comments that came afterwards and i feel like um there's been a bit of a mood shift and i think if we just lost that game and you know it was sort of the normal post-match comments and the minx thing came up and gerald sort of batted it away and I feel like the mood would have been still been fairly bad because obviously it was a poor performance. But I think what you've seen is a bit of a mood shift with the fan base where even those fans who were probably critical of Minks and critical of his performances and probably wanted to see him dropped, you know, there's been a bit of a mood shift for the way it's been handled. And I don't think it's looked good on Villa. It's not looked good on Gerard. It's not been good for the fans. It's not been good for the players. And I think going into the Everton game, you know, you've said it numerous times, I know, but we really have to start well and start on a good foot. We really have to be positive straight away. And it can't be one of these situations where it's, you know, the fans have to be uh, the voice and get everything going. I think it's a lunchtime kickoff that score's going to be difficult, but I think it's on the players now. I think it's really the players to show the fans what they're about because we've seen some real dross over the last eight to 10 months, probably longer now. And there's times the players stepped up a little bit as well and, and start on the right foot and actually get the fans up for it. And I, I do worry if there is an early goal or we, we struggle the first 10 minutes, what the, the fan base would be like, what the mood would be like, because, you know, I, I watched some of the, uh, footage from the away end, uh, and, you know, there was booing after the match, there was a lot of negativity. And when the away fans are doing that first game of season, then that is a, is a good barometer where the wider fan base is. Cause obviously the away fans tend to be the more, I think, you know, tend to be a little bit more loyal than, those fans who go at home I think I think generally speaking so yeah it's a concern but I, I I don't know what you think but I think it's really on the players they've got to start well against everything they've got to they've got to be positive
1: yeah I mean the good news will be that there's forty two thousand people all trying to get to Villa Park by road so everyone will be in absolute great <laughs> spirits before they've even even got to the game yeah absolutely no I'm sure it won't be a nightmare traveling to Villa Park so, I'm sure everyone will be perfectly happy when they come to take their seats by twelve. they will hopefully by 12.30 for this lunchtime kick-off. But Everton, I watched them last week against Chelsea. You know, they put up a, a decent fight, to be fair. And they probably picked up a little bit where they left off last season in that they were quite steely, quite gritty, not really what you'd associate with what Lampard wants, but it's what they did at the back end of the season. And they don't have a striker at, at the moment. I think Rondon might be back, but I still wouldn't surprise me if he lined up on the bench. So Everton have got issues themselves. But they earned the right to be in that game with Chelsea. They ran Chelsea close. Chelsea won from a penalty. I mean, it 100% was a penalty, but Chelsea got the result. But Everton were always in the game. They earned the right to be in the game. They stayed in the game. Villa didn't earn the right at all to be in that Bournemouth game. They just rocked up there and didn't do anything. And they won't be able to do that again against Everton because one thing Lampard has done since he's been there, he has got Everton up for it in that you know, they they probably know what a poisonous home crowd can be like themselves, the Everton players, because they've played in some poisonous atmospheres at Goodison Park when things have been toxic. They'll be looking to come to Villa Park and be spoilers and try and get the crowd on, on the players' backs early because that, that will suit Everton. So it is probably important that, that we don't do that. But I agree with you that the players need to give us something. They've got to start on the front foot because we never got going at all against Bournemouth.
0: Yeah, and we, you know, we weren't... We weren't mentally ready, never mind tactics or anything like that in the physical battle. But mentally, we just didn't seem to be at the races. And it's surprising considering pre-season is, a, you know, is, there, is there a bit of a lag from Australia. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a difficult one. And I think with Everton as well, I think, you know, I don't rate Lampard as a manager like many others. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's... Uh, he's managed to get them to stay in the league and now I think you're trying to you're getting to see what he's about and what he's trying to instill in the team this hard to beat type team playing three at the back you know uh you know Yeremina and uh and Godfrey obviously out injured but they bought kind of Cody who's got an excellent record against Villa scored against Villa obviously in, in the recent past and they're going to be tough to break down they're they're a phys- they're going to have a physical team they've got Nana now as well who's a highly rated 20 year old uh who you know it's yeah, it's probably going to be inconsistent because he's what twenty years old, but he's he's a, again another physical president, I think six foot five. Yeah, West Ham. They've got Anthony. Go- I know they
1: called out yeah. the Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, if West Ham yeah. were after him, you know they're they're playing that's in Europe a- this year. You know Everton. Yeah, and it's a good sign.
0: Yeah, it's a good sign. I think, and I think uh, you know they're playing Anthony Gordon up front, and it's not his favourite position. He's a very talented player, but. We've got to, you know, I think given they're playing Anthony Gordon up front, you, you can you can sort of tell what kind of game it's going to be from their perspective. They're going to try and keep it compact, keep it tight. And and the onus is going to be on us again. We'll probably come again up against a low block against like we did against Bournemouth, I imagine. And it's going to be up to us to be creative and, and make something happen. Um, and the onus is going to be on us to set the tone in that, in that match as well, because I think Everton will look to to counter, use Anthony Gordon as, as, as that player to sort of break. They've got, obviously, likes Damari Gray and players like that who can break at pace as well. So, I I don't think it's going to be easy. Obviously, we've got a great record against Everton in the recent past, especially at home. You know, we've done well. We've had some great games against Everton at home as well. So, I I think we just need to... I I think we need to just approach this game with with the right mentality. I'm sure that's what's been going on last week in in training. Uh, But I I, I would like to see some changes. I'd like to see some tactical changes as well. I'd like to see some personnel changes um i think the main one for me is is that midfield i think we really got bullied against bournemouth um i watched that game back again and actually i think apart from the first goal which obviously you know was just poor defending and just all over the shop i thought for the first 10 15 minutes we were actually okay we weren't terrible we weren't great but we were getting forward we were getting good positions Ings had a couple of shots there's sort of a scramble in the box uh you know bailey bailey was getting in behind a little bit as well but then I think about 18th minute mark, Coutinho loses the ball about three times in three minutes. And then from then on, we were just awful. And I just feel like we didn't, the, not only were the players not out it, but I also think the tactics were wrong in terms of we weren't getting the best out of our players, the way that we're playing, pushing Ings up front by himself against, you know, three centre-backs. You could say, well, you no, know, it was a surprise for the Bournemouth to play three centre-backs because that's not what they've done in the past. And I think even their fans were surprised by it. So maybe Gerrard was caught unaware, but... At the same time, you know, Ings has never played well up front by himself, so you know that that is a position I like to see. Whether Ings and Watkins play together or Watkins comes in midfield is is, is a bit of tweaking. This sort of number six and two eights, whether we see sort of a double pivot, as other people have talked about basically you know, two two man midfield. I mean, what, what what would you look to do in terms of the, the the sort of tactical side of it?
1: I've said on other things that I've done this week that. You know, you want to get something out of Philip Coutinho. He's the magician in that Villa midfield. The way Villa was set up against Bournemouth, you were just never going to get the best out of him because there's no one to get mm-hmm. the ball to him at speed. Obviously, Kamara is a good passer, but, you know, there's a lot of bodies to get through for him to get the ball to Coutinho, who's playing in a, in a, in a front three, basically. So Douglas Louise being an eight, I think if Coutinho's playing, makes complete sense to me, and you have to take out one, one of of or Ramsey for, for that to happen, which I'm okay with. I actually think he'll give the majority of them a chance to put the weekend right. I, I, the only change I can see is Watkins for Ings. Now, I, this is just opinion. I don't know anything. I could be absolutely miles off it with that statement. but I just think he'll give those those guys another chance to go out there and, and try and put it right. But for, for me, I think if you're playing Catania, I think Watkins has to play to try and stretch teams and run the channels and, and try and make the pitch a little bit bigger. And I think Louise has to play. Just because he's capable as an eight of getting the, he's not perfect, but I think he's capable as a, of an as an eight of getting the ball to Philip Coutinho. And that, that's what Villa need, need to do. If you don't get the ball to him quickly and don't create space for him, there's no point in being there. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't alone in having a, having an off day against Bournemouth, but if you're playing in that front three and you're not getting the ball, really, what's he supposed to do?
0: Yeah, I completely completely agree, and I think um, Dougie Louise isn't perfect. And in an ideal world, you know, we'd get a number number eight or another another central midfielder who has the attributes of Louise, but is a better version of Louise. You know, I think, and that's an ideal world. But at the same time, we can't. And I made this point on Twitter: we can't just continue to buy players as a way of improving the way we play at some point we've got to coach these players and to get better and come up with a system that suits them and gets the best out of them because otherwise you're in this perpetual cycle of trying to buy three or four players every every window because at the moment we've got you know you've got leon bailey who was bought under dean smith to play under a certain system and he's playing in the system under gerard which is meant to be sort of you know too narrow in an ideal world meant to be two narrow wingers or two narrow narrow number tens he's a wide midfielder he's an out and out winger and he's playing in the system he's not suited to it you've got two number eights in McGinn and Ramsey who are hustle and bustle but have very similar attributes in terms of they like to break forward at speed they like to break the play up but in terms of their short game and their passing and your point around passing into in those pockets of space that's not their game they're not short they're good at short passing they're not good at one twos not good at linking the play up so at some point there's going to be unless we go and sell these players and buy a whole new team at some point we've got to come up with a system that makes it work and I think there's enough quality there in in the likes of Louise you know even Tim Tim Rogbanum you know even if you played sort of two sisters Kamara can play a number eight as well you know you could play Tim sitting you could play in the canvas sitting you know there's, there's got to be a way where we can get the best out of these players and, and I agree I think you've got to play Louise with Kamara whether you play Coutinho the central role you bring Bandia in or whether you play McGinn further forward because obviously McGinn's captain you can't drop him really at this stage um, even though he was poor, and, and you know, we've talked at length about whether McGinn the right choice and his level of consistency compared to Mings, you know, all that, all that nonsense. But you know, there's no point going over that. But I think McGinn's played well for Scotland further forward, and that's where he's flourished. Is there a way that we get him further forward and and play? You know, you maybe play Louise as number eight, but someone who sort of sits back a little bit with Kamara and helps start the play with him, because at times against Bournemouth, you know, it was you know Kamara was dropping into center back position getting the ball and it was just it was this weird formation where we had three at the back no one in midfield and then there's sort of like a semi-circle of six or seven players uh at the front mm-hmm. where we had the fullbacks out wide the wingers out wide McGinn and Ramsey as inverted fullbacks and then and then Ings who was sort of drifting to the left and it just It didn't work so we need to think of a way because again you know like i said we're going to come up against uh, an everton side who are going to be hard to beat going to be tough to break down we need to come up a way with where we're going to be able to get into those pockets be able to make something happen and crossing the ball is obviously going to be difficult Uh, they're going to have Cody and Tarkovsky. you know whether you have watkins Yings, it's going to be difficult for them to come up against those crosses and and again with the with the formation that we play the number eights don't break forward they don't get into the box so it's all while good crossing if you've got numbers in the box but we weren't even doing that and I don't see us doing that in this in this in this formation that we're playing so uh, yeah I I, it'd just be interesting to see what we do and how we how we how he flexes the the tactics if he goes with the exact same team I'll be disappointed if he if he goes with the same exact style of playing formation I'll be disappointed i'd like to see one or two changes i think watkins i agree watkins is the main one but i'd also like to see dougie dougie start at the back i'm, I'm you know i cons mings i'm the mink stuff i don't want to go over all ground but in terms of you know him dropping him that's that's Gerard's proxy if he's the manager uh, that's his choice whether he, he handled it in the right way and his comments is another another matter but i i think Konza probably suits his style of defense probably suits playing against someone like anthony gordon i don't know what you think yeah, i think that's the type of forward he likes to play against rather than let say, Kiefer Moore, who we can bully him.
1: Yeah, we we struggled. In some ways, Everton might be better off playing Rondon because if we struggled against Kiefer Moore, there's every chance we might struggle against Rondon as well. I think the, the main thing is Everton will be happy for us to have the ball. that Just like Bournemouth yeah. were, because we had 66% possession last week. There's one thing having possession, but there's another thing trying to have some possession with intent. It was so one-paced, so slow. Everton will, will lap that up. They'll, they'll be happy for us to do that again. So we've got to be more inventive. Everton will just sit back off us, like like you said, a low block. They'll let Villa try and play the ball out from the back, pass it between themselves, because it will suit what they want from the game. And again, it will probably get the fans antsy and get and get the fans on on the, on the players' backs. So Villa have got to come up with something a, a little bit more inventive. I, I, forgive me because I've, I've forgotten who it was who said it in in the comments that are coming up. But someone said about perhaps playing two up front against three centre backs. I've always thought it is a difficult job for a lone striker when you're coming up against three centre-backs. So maybe, maybe it would be Ings and Watkins and maybe it's Bailey that comes out or Coutinho that, that comes out. I don't know. But the facts are, um, are that Villa have to do something different because what they tried on Saturday categorically will not work against Everton either.
0: No, no. I know, like I said, it would be a similar type of game. And I think two, two, could, two could work. But it's this conundrum, isn't it? I think um, with Coutinho... You, can you drop him really? I think on his day he's the he's the exact type of player you want against Everton and Bournemouth. Really, maybe not Bournemouth away because I think that's a different type of game. But Everton at home, where you're going to have all the ball, you need someone. You know, you've got Buendia and Coutinho, two of the most creative players in the league, and on their day, they should be. Yeah, you know, this is the type of game where these types of players should flourish, where there's there's not much space, they need to play intricate passes, they need to play through balls through in between the defenders. You know, these are the that's what they do best, Bundy and Coutinho. So you've got to find a way to get them both in the team, I think. And how you do that is there a
1: shout for playing Buende as an eight?
0: Because you know, he's good at pressing. He he yeah, would be someone who could get
1: the could... ball to Coutinho quickly. He can carry the ball. Yeah. He came on and played kind of as a, as as an eight in pre season a little bit, and he was kind of operating. As an, as an eight the other day was actually more Coutinho that dropped back to being an eight and then buendia came as came and played in, in the front three but do you think there's a case that buendia would actually do a decent job as, as an 8 i'm usually not one for oh we should try this player who's never played this position in this position
0: yeah but i mean I, games think, like I think i like think yeah. you games break someone down yeah i think yeah. certain games but i think where bundia works well as an eight is when we're it's all maybe last 20 minutes and we're going to have all the ball and they're going to sit back uh well, and, that might be the guys you know 90 minutes yeah yeah against Everton surely but I don't think they'll be they'll park the bus or anything like that I think they'll be difficult to break down but the the Premier League such a physical game especially in midfield I think as a number eight I think you know we lack physicality anyway to then have another player who's you know who he does put himself about don't get me wrong you know he's very good at shielding the ball and all that kind of stuff but it's still you know you saw against Bournemouth you'll see against Everton you'll see against plenty of teams where you know, if you can get bullied in midfield, and I do worry about him playing from the beginning as a number eight. I think as the last twenty minutes, as an option off the bench or as a tactical change, I think it works. But as from the start, I, I wouldn't. I, I think some someone put out there what would be ideal eleven. So if I was if I was the manager, you know, what would I be doing? I think uh, i would definitely be playing either four two three one or a three four three. I think a lot of modern teams do well play play three at the back. I think these days, and I think that is something we need to think about as another way uh, of playing. Uh, obviously that means one of the midfielders has to drop out uh, who, who that is I don't know but if it was me we're playing four at the back I'd be looking at you know Martinez, cash I'd, I'd probably stick with Konza for now because I don't think you can play Mings after what's happened I, I think it's just mentally for him I don't, mentally I, for I, I, I don't think
1: you will because I think it would be a bit of a climb down and I don't think would be yeah yeah
0: I don't, I don't think I don't think you do that so I play you know play Konza Carlos and Dean I'd be playing two midfield I'd be playing Louise and Ramsey uh and then whether McGinn gets dropped or not whether he plays number 10 is up for debate but you, you're just not going to drop him but Gerald's not going to drop him but definitely Kamaria Kamara and Luis sorry is this two central midfielders. sorry uh, I don't know if I, I said that but yeah Kamara right. and Luis is as a two two central midfielders and then I would play uh I'd play Bundia, Coutinho McGinn or Bundia, Coutinho Bailey and then play Watkins up front that's that's what I would be doing one of the one of that sort of top, top front four I, I definitely think McGinn I don't like this inverted number eights where they're on the wrong side as well like McGinn and Ramsey are playing on the other side so no, whenever McGinn got the, the comments
1: on the last video talking about this saying that no other team does that and I've got to i got to be honest oh, yeah it doesn't it doesn't make teams, any sense to it me does, it d- doesn't make
0: it. a sense because what happens is when when we got the ball McGinn turns into trouble he turns into a crowded area. And likewise with Ramsey. And then when we don't have the ball, they're tackling with the wrong foot. So, you know, I, I just... It, again, doesn't make sense to me. I, I understand, you know, he's looking for a bit of protection there for the fullbacks that can bomb on. But I don't see why you can't do that with Ramsey and McGinn the other side and switching. Also, do they need that much protection? Because he seems no,
1: like uber-cautious, not letting you set your number eights go forward and they're just there to cover off your wing-backs as they go forward. Because really... You need one of them them central midfield players looking to break the lines and get into the box, I, I would say. And that would be where McGinn would be perfect. But we don't ever see John McGinn do that now. That, that, that doesn't seem to be his role, but
0: that, that's what your game is. That's what you're good at. you box to box. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And I think, I think if you play two-man two, two man midfield, I think then you don't need the number eights. Then you don't need that protection because you've got two, two centre-backs who are going to stay back and you've got two midfielders there who are going to protect. And that's that should be enough on the transition, and you don't you don't leave yourself with an empty midfield because even if Kamara drops drops back, then you've got one of the midfielders there to collect the ball. And that was something we were missing. We were missing. There was no one to link the play up. There was no one to get the ball off Kamara uh, or, or come deep and and you know get the ball and start the play or. Or at least try and push us forward, and I think that's that's why I would look for, for for a two-man midfield. And I think then you can then you can allow McGinn to get forward and do what he does best and break into the box, breaking into, late into the box, try and score goals, put himself about a bit, and, and you know overlap the fullbacks as well. That's another thing we don't see. You know the the amount of times Cash or Luca Dean get the ball and the the only option is inside or back. You know there's no there's no one overlapping. It's another is another issue that we've seen with the system uh, that we've been playing and i suppose on the flip side if you play devil's advocate you know um maybe the, you know the system didn't work last season maybe Gerard thought well, now we've got kamara it can work because you've got that player who can do the louise job and the Nakamba job in, and the Nakamba job in one which you know is what, what kamara what we've seen from kamara he can definitely do both uh, and maybe he thought the number eights can flourish now on the back of that plus obviously with the problem with neil critchley not being able to go to pre-season you know have we actually fully embedded his ideas and what he's looking to do as well is this it's the first game of the season he's probably worked with the squad what for two weeks probably properly is that enough time i don't know um so so you know they're, they're, from the flip side you 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 do need to give a bit of time to these to these players and uh, to the staff as well so yeah it's a it's one of those i'll be interested to see what the lineup is i think um I think it'll give us a good idea of where Gerard's going. Whether if he sticks to the same team or same kind of formation, I think he's. this is what we're going with and this is what we have to stick with and we have to just persevere with it until we get the best out of the players. Um, I, I guess we'll see. Yeah.
1: Just before we depart, let's have a little look at our partner's bet, mate. So they've got a £1,000 pot this weekend for the Aston Villa v Everton game. Now, Oh, it's absolutely unbelievable. I cannot believe this is working. That is actually my phone up on the screen. Would you believe? I've turned my notifications off in case anyone like Dolan or Ty Bracey tries to be clever whilst I'm doing this. So if you want to join our pot, it is a £5 entry fee. Luckily, I've got some money in my account, well, some free bets into my account at the moment, so I can join the pot for free. And then I've got to pick a -a seven-a-side team based around the Villa and Everton lineups now. Obviously, don't know what the teams are going to be 100% at this point, but I'm going to have a guess. So, goalkeeper, I'm going to go with Emmy Martinez. am I going to go with Emi Martinez? Let's go with Pickford and hope that he's very, very busy in this one. Basically, the maximum Villa players I could pick is six, or the maximum Everton players I could pick is six. But obviously, being a Villa fan, I'm going to pick more Villa players. I'm going to go Luca Dean, possibly going to get an assist against his old team. Don't worry that I've put him basically as a right back. It doesn't matter in this game at all. I will then go with Conor Cody. I'm hoping he's going to be there and he is there because let's face it, he's bound to score against us or do something good against us because that's just the way the world works. I went Coutinho last week. I'm going to go Coutinho again because I'm pretty sure he will play and he's a magician and surely at Villa Park against Everton. He's got his Liverpool connection. Surely something's going to happen. Let's back McGinn as well as captain of the club. Let's back him and get him in my midfield. And then what I've done here is left myself with nowhere really to go because Everton haven't got any strikers. Although Anthony Gordon and Damari Gray are there. I will pick Oli Watkins because I think he's probably going to play. And I will pair him with Leon Bailey, actually, because he scored against Everton last season. And that's completely sound logic as to why I would do that. I'm going to leave Coutinho as captain. I move here and then just have to pick my subs. They'll come on if someone doesn't play. So I'll keep it relatively simple. Hopefully I can count here. Hang on, can I count? No, I can't. I've got too many Villa players. So I've already come a cropper. Basically all my subs now have got to be Everton players because I've used all the Villa options. So I will just do that because I don't really care about the subs. That's my team. I'm in the league. I believe, and now I've got a chance of winning my share of £1,000. I won a massive £11 of the Villa View pot last week, so hopefully I can improve wow. on that. I think, I think Dolan did better than me last week. I believe he won, not like 20 quid or, t- or 25 quid or something. Yeah, there's, there's a chance of winning some want. money. Yeah, there's a chance to win some money here if betting is your thing. It, it, it's low stakes. Obviously, you always gamble responsibly. But if you want to have a, a go on our sponsors' game, the full information of how it all works is on the Villa View social media channels. So do go and have a look at that. Let's finish then, Omar, with some predictions. What's your prediction for this one on Saturday?
0: Well, I've just, just done my pod just before this one. And uh, I'm going to stick with that prediction, which is what I said there. It was uh, I think we're going to win 1-0. I think it's going to be a KG game. Difficult to break down, and uh, I think I'm going to go with Leon Bailey to score. And I think he's going to score um, late on. Okay.
1: I've done a few predictions this week. So did a few pre and predictions on the various things that I do, and already a lot of stuff I've said turned absolutely miles off it. But yeah, I, yeah, I, think I think on who so, scored, I think I said, yeah. that I think this, this would be 1-1. One, one. We'll fall behind, unfortunately. And then I think we'll we'll pull one back, have a good go, Go all guns blazer, but not quite managed to put the ball into the back of the net again. I hope to God I'm wrong and I hope that we do win. I usually do a pretty good win on these shows, but yeah, I've got a feeling for a 1-1. So that's what I'm going to go with. Omar, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as always. Thanks ever so much for joining me on this match preview view subscribers, well actually if you're not a subscriber then please subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on so you know when the next video is coming. The next video will be a Purity post-match pint after the Everton game, probably on Monday, hopefully it'll be a more pleasant one than the Bournemouth post-match pint was. Anyone who's going to Villa Park, I'll see you there. And I hope you have an excellent time. And I hope I do as well. And the travel chaos, I hope it all works out for you because it could be an absolute nightmare trying to get to Villa Park on Saturday. But yeah, only one thing left to say. Up the
0: Villa. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.